0: Dynasty fantasy football season is full steam ahead. We tier the top 40 rookies letting you know who to target and who to avoid this season. All this and more on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch Coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk Check his style that line,
1: see who's up That over, under, hit too clutch and I'm trying to avoid getting carried away With the chess We Sleeping on a trick play Predicting all of my moves Like they've seen every play So I'm running it back Head down, get out of my way And it's for the law with only One thing to do, I guess I'll Say a prayer and put it all On the line, for you you.
2: Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they hadn't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me
1: fading between, yeah, I got it. And yeah, I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes.
0: Alright, alright, alright. It is May 23rd, 2023. It's a beautiful day to be alive, and that's what we're here tonight. We are alive with the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast back with you. Seth Woolcock leading the way tonight, and I am joined by a familiar face of the IBT family, the King of Spice, the host of the 19th hole, Northern California pride, Bo McBrayer. What's up, Bo? How we doing tonight, man?
1: Oh man, my allergies are kicking my butt, but it's still a good night because I got my whiskey, I got my Muddy Buddies, Chex Specs Muddy Buddies, we're we're doing good.
0: All right, vibes are high out there in California for Bo, and tonight we welcome in someone from the great state of Ohio, he's the host of Debbie Royale, the dynasty lead at football guys, the ever-talented, the ever-warranted, Jeff Bell. What's up, Jeff? Yo, it's great to see you guys, and, and it's always a great chance
2: to connect and, you know, you use two of my favorites in the space. And so anytime we can get, get some time and, and talk about fantasy football is fantastic. Talk about life, whatever it might be. And, and, you know, Seth,
0: I've long admired the work that you've done at here at in between media. And so thrilled to jump on with you. Jeff, thank you very much, man. I am a big fan of your work, everything you're doing at the Debbie Royale and football, guys. And we're talking rookies tonight. We're going to tear these guys out in a pretty unique way. And I thought there's no one better to do this with me than Bo... Always always a little you know, despicable, always some hot takes over there from Bo. And then Jeff Bell with his rookie knowledge as well. Tonight on the show, we're going to break the ice with a game of Would You Rather. we got Memorial Day coming up. We're going to chat about that a little bit tonight and some other relevant topics. And then we're going to get into those dynasty tiers with our rave rookie reviews. Joining us also in the back end, our guy Kyle Scott, audio editor, producer extraordinaire. What's up, Jim Scott? How are we doing there in the back end?
3: we're doing fantastic i'm really excited about today's episode all killer no filler baby let's get Uh,
0: going let's do it want to welcome in the ibt family they're booming in the chat already can't even keep up with it toronto dave rock locked and loaded saying sup everyone we got connor in the chat saying hi dave we got uh we got also Didi. Right in the chat. She was just over at the 19th hole. She's in here as well. Can't get enough of Bo tonight. We appreciate you, Dee, Dee and everyone in the chat. Let's go ahead and get this party started with a little game of Would You Rather? Risky
3: or Are you that hard on the rise? with a cold one. a back.
1: Would you rather? This ain't no simple.
0: right would you rather we're gonna play a game and it's gonna start out football related we're gonna ask a football question and then we're gonna bring in kyle he's gonna bring in uh some of the pop culture stuff going on right now in the world and uh, school us on that but first question here for you gentlemen we're talking nfl franchises would you rather have caleb williams or blank as your franchise quarterback starting in 2024 this is the heisman winner As a sophomore, followed Lincoln Riley all the way to California, threw for over 4,500 yards. We know the kid's story. 42 passing touchdowns, over 10 rushing TDs. What can this kid not do? And Jeff, before I I ask, would you rather hear? can you sum up Caleb Williams as a prospect in a sentence or two for those maybe not as familiar with his game out there in USC? Best prospects
2: since Andrew Luck. He's creative. He is, uh, you know, Patrick, evolutionary Patrick Mahomes potentially. with his creativity and the the way that he, uh, again, creativity is just the word that comes to mind when you watch Caleb Williams. He's got athleticism. Um, he's got an arm talent. He can make all the throws. Accuracy. Just
0: again, a very very creative football player. Best prospects since Andrew Luck. Okay, that is some high praise here. Bo, first one coming over to you. Would you rather have Caleb Williams or Bryce Young as your franchise quarterback in 2024 or already have a year of Young? Would you rather it be him or Williams?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really tough because I haven't seen either one of them play at the NFL level. I'd probably yeah. say Caleb Williams uh, for the simple fact that he has a more versatile game. Bryce Young as a pure passer, I think, has a slight edge here. But Caleb Williams' overall game, and I like to spin off of what Jeff said about him, it's creative intelligence. That's what matches him with Mahomes so well, is that he doesn't just make wild plays. He makes wild plays look easy. And that really translates to the NFL. Because you can get wild with crazy, creative players like Zach Wilson, for example, and it's not creative intelligence. It's just creativity and stupidity at the same time, making bad choices. Uh, Mahomes makes questionable choices so does Caleb Williams quite often but at the same time they make so many big plays they make everybody around them so explosive by their sheer talent and willpower that I would I would love to start my franchise with Caleb Williams because I think he checks more boxes than Bryce Young even if Bryce Young is a slightly better pure passer
0: okay Jeff over to you would you take Williams or the steady veteran Dak Prescott I mean this is a guy we've seen throw for over 35 touchdowns however regress this season without Amari Cooper 23 and 15 are you taking that steady floor with Dak are you chasing the upside if you're an NFL franchise I'm going to take Caleb Williams over Dak Prescott. Um,
2: And and I don't know if you're talking about just maybe 2024, maybe I might go with Prescott, but I don't know. I I think that um, long term, certainly you're going to go with Caleb Williams, but I I think I would still rather roll out Caleb Williams. I think we've seen maybe the best of Dak Prescott, and um, it's not one uh, Super Bowl or many playoff
0: games. So, okay. What about Justin Fields? Jeff, he is the fantasy rock star right now. Hype train is getting a bit out of control, if you ask me. Um, but would you take Fields, who at that point, pretty close to a new contract? Um, are you taking him or are you taking uh, the talented Caleb Williams?
2: Yeah, still Caleb Williams here for me. I think that, again, just touching on best prospects since luck. I mean, hopefully we see major steps forward in Justin Fields' passing game this year, especially with the arrival of DJ
0: Moore. But I don't have those concerns on Caleb Williams at all. Okay, second to last one for Bo here, Caleb Williams, Bo, or Kyler Murray. Mm. And this is one we might actually have to see uh, just because the Cardinals might have the number one pick, maybe the number two pick as well here in the 2024 draft. So
1: the question is building a franchise, not a fantasy team, Correct, right? Yes. And so Kyler Murray, I would take in fantasy right now as a long-term option because of his mobility. I think Caleb Williams has functional mobility, but maybe not fantasy mobility where we're expecting over 500 rushing yards at the NFL level. Uh, Kyler Murray, especially is still that guy. I think even after he recovers from his ACL is going to be a certain type of player that has a baseline for fantasy production. But if I'm starting a franchise, there's quite a few quarterbacks that are Kyler Murray's ability level that I I would put firmly behind Caleb Williams because he's such a complete product. I, I don't know if I'd go back as far as luck for best pro- prospect because I was so enamored with Trevor Lawrence a few years ago. Uh, this is, and Justin Herbert, for example, I had as QB one alongside Joe Burrow that year. Uh, this is, this is up in that, le- that level. So I, I do, I do, I do like Kyler Murray, but for more for fantasy, building a franchise around Kyler Murray, Seems kind of sketchy because he doesn't really give you that warm, fuzzy feeling of long-term prosperity. Maybe that's a product of his horrendous franchise that drafted him and hasn't done much around him. But uh, I, I just love Caleb Williams. The dude's a baller.
0: Okay, Jeff, last one here for you. Justin Herbert or Caleb Williams. This is the dagger.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the sheet, this was the one that really stopped me in my tracks because, um, I clicked through Caleb Williams pretty easily on the rest of the list. Um, I think that I would still take Caleb Williams because I think he's that level of prospect. Whereas, yeah, we've seen it with Justin Herbert and we've seen the translation to the NFL level. Uh, again, I mean, we we're talking about the best prospect since Andrew Luck. And so if you're rolling the dice with that, it's just upside that outside of Mahomes and maybe, maybe Josh Allen. I don't know that you're really seeing in
0: the NFL right now. I love it, man. I love it. We just got through <laughs> Caleb Williams, or would you rather have someone else? And Caleb Williams, the answer for Jeff and Bo the whole way through. I like it. Let's go and talk about some pop culture. We're going to bring in our movie expert. He's going to host the rest of this segment, Kyle Scott. Kyle, go ahead and bring your face up up here. Uh, What's going on at the theaters here this week, Kyle?
3: Oh, plenty is happening at the theaters this week, Seth. We have the 10th installment in the Fast and Furious film. Franchise (laughs) Fast X over many missions and against impossible odds. Dom Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, and his family have been outsmarted, outnerved, and outdriven every foe in their path. Now, they confront the most lethal opponent they've ever faced, a terrifying threat emerging from the shadows of the past, who's fueled by blood (laughs) revenge. And who is determined to shatter this family and destroy everything and everyone that Dom loves forever. And then the second film is Book Club the Next Chapter. The highly anticipated sequel follows our four best friends as they take their book club to Italy. For the fun girls trip they never had. When things go off the rails and secrets are revealed their relaxing vacation turns into a -a once-in-a-lifetime cross-country adventure.
0: Wow. Look at this platter we have. Forget the barbecues. Forget the outdoor fun here, Jeff. We have two awesome movies here, Fast X and Book Club, the next chapter. If you had to go watch one of these this weekend, what is it? Well,
2: you didn't even include the movie that I probably actually would go see, and that's The Little Mermaid. I mean, I'm a confirmed <laughs> girl dad and, and the Little Mermaid new version, the live action version that's coming out this morning. Thank weekend. you, Jeff. I, I mean, I'm just saying that that's probably the most likely that I actually would go see in the theaters. Um, yes. If I'm, if I'm picking between these two, it's going to be fast x um but uh you know i actually loved the first fast and furious movie and that came out like when i was in high school Hating myself here very much but um i remember we all saw it in the theater and i had a, a stick shift ford ranger and i would was revving that as a- <laughs> um, but i as much as i love that movie i have really fallen out with the fridge. i just haven't watched like 10 of them <laughs> like yeah apparently. yeah so um, no, but I, I, would watch that over book club, but again,
0: I mean, you left out the one that I would go see the little mermaid. Okay. All right. Jeff iron back his own recommendation there. And I'm with <laughs> you I'm with you here, man. I love the, the fast and furious. I was kind of a little kid when they first came out, Loved the first three or four of them. And then it was got exhausting. The seventh one, great Paul Walker, RIP, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I don't know, Bo, can we get behind book club the next chapter here?
1: It's the only logical answer because the fast franchise is trash. And when you were reading, when you were reading the description, I was simultaneously thinking I had, they had too much, too many drugs were not enough. There was no happy medium of drug usage. When they wrote that description, there is no script. There is no plot. The chemistry and the physics of the shows don't even make sense anymore. It's trash. It is garbage. I would refuse to spend any money on it. Book club, probably a little cute and stupid and cheesy. It's va- it's going to be vastly better acted, more plot lines, better story than whatever the hell Fast and the Furious is putting out in the last decade and a half. Uh, and Jeff and I are the same generation. We're pr- practically the same age, both girl dads, and yes, The Little Mermaid, vastly superior out of both of these choices. Good lord. the uh, uh, It's like taking uh, arsenic or cyanide, Bo. What would you like to do? <laughs>
0: All right. We got DD <laughs> in the chat saying, how about John wick Four? love it? We got Dave saying yeah. too fast and too furious was the one I'm most familiar with. That's the best one, Dave. If that's the one you're familiar <laughs> with, I-, I think you can keep it that way for sure. Tokyo drift has a little special place in the heart as well. Uh, Kyle, w- what do you weigh in here? Uh, a lot of hate on-, on, on fast X coming here in the chat.
3: No, uh, frankly, uh, if, if, if you come out, if you watch Fast X and you're complaining about the plot or the physics or the characters, you, what are you doing, man? What movie are you I, watching?
1: I don't want to offend you because I love you so much, Kyle, but this this is a lowest common denominator franchise. It's fun. Franchise of lowest common denominator. They are targeting a certain audience, and I hate to I hate to think of you as part of that audience.
3: Have you ever been to a monster
1: truck rally? <laughs> yeah, it's better than fast whatever. Monster trucks are awesome. Have
3: you ever seen one of them has a, a a sports car just drive out of a skyscraper, fly in the air, and then go into another skyscraper, and they're just fine. It's give awesome. me a robotic
1: fire breathing metal dinosaur over like, whatever like, the I hell, hell is. Like,
2: now see the problem what i run into quite often is um i'm not i almost never just watch a movie like i'm usually working on content with a movie on in the background and so so some of these action movies are like the plotting is so bad that like it's it's hard for me to pick up what is going on because like i'll miss it while i'm working on the content and then i'll just see like oh something's blowing up okay and like whereas like i feel like like i watched air this past week and that yeah. that's on amazon yeah. prime and so like i really enjoyed that one i kind of knew the story already and so that was one that i was able to kind of have on the background and still follow along and so and um, as i've mellowed out in my older age like there would have been a time where i would have been all about the action movies but like now it's just kind of like give me something i can half follow and half watch and it's not gonna freak me out and get me lost on, along the, the trip and <laughs> allow me to really like write something or do something else while i'm while it's on
0: i think that's the book club next chapter i I think that's i'm telling you that's
2: if i'm at home like i'm probably much more likely to watch the book club next chapter than and fast next to be
0: honest with you has anyone seen the book club can i ask that as anyone i've heard of it i've heard it referenced in pop culture um but a lot of i don't mean to offend anyone here especially anyone on the pod but it is some old heads in this like like it is an older cast here all good like you you know, Ouch. some very pretty ladies, some very, very nice looking Ouch. gentlemen, you know, but some...
2: <laughs> I I was I just end up going back to the wheelhouse of like the Will Ferrell comedies of like the from like 10 to 15 years ago. Like, that's what I usually end up just throwing on.
0: I totally share before you.
1: memes existed was we just quote Talladega Knights and, and Step Brothers and Anchorman. That's that's all we do. Yeah, we still do that. <laughs>
0: Kyle, what albums are going to be hitting the shelves here in the next week or two that we can also uh, take a little stab at?
3: Yeah, in the music world, we have, uh, would you rather pre-save Matchbox 20's Where the Light Goes or Foo Fighters But Here We Are?
1: Ooh, mm. That's actually a better choice to get two decent choices this time
0: some Matchbox 20 love. Let's go. I I had no idea if anyone would show any Matchbox 20 love tonight. Are you
1: kidding me? That's nostalgia for Jeff and I. That's yeah, like that's true. like real talk teenage dreams. Like if you if you had a girlfriend in the early 2000s, Matchbox 20 was on <laughs> loop, guys.
2: Some mad season. Some yeah, no, I get it. Um, I, I mean, I'm still going to go with Foo Fighters. That That is one thing that I'm kind of sad about with, uh, like a, being a parent and being in the content world and having a job as well on top of that. Uh, I used to be big into music and so like i went to Lollapalooza a couple times and i would see shows all the time i am just out of the loop on music and completely and so i'm i'm excited to see that the foo fighters and matchbox 20 both have new albums coming out i'm sure that i will occasionally ignore them as they're on my serious radio as i'm driving around but other than that i
0: don't listen to a lot of albums anymore Hey, man, I totally understand. I think that's a lot of people um, kind of in that age range. Honestly, Jeff, I don't think you're alone. My aunt and uncle, they, they kind of say the same type of thing. And for me, I follow country music. And outside of that, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat here. However, I think this – I would normally say Matchbox 20 because I do like – I think they have more range. I think I I like them better overall. But Foo Fighters, with the death of Taylor Hawkins here, the drum drumists, like – this is going to be a really special album. So I'm excited to see that. Um, these are both out in the next week or two. So make sure you guys continue, uh, you know, support those bands. There's some good old ones in there that uh, really represent some great times here. So uh, Bo, any final thoughts here on 20 or, or the Foo? Uh,
1: the answer is Foo Fighters. Uh, for the same reason Jeff outlined, I want to add in that if they, we had to send one human being to meet the aliens and to be an ambassador for the human race, it would be Dave Grohl. So,
0: love it, love it, Kyle. What else do we have to round out the Memorial Day weekend special of Would You Rather?
3: Yeah. So, who would you rather spend Memorial Day weekend with? We have golfer John Daly. Uh, uh, he used to be a rapper. Now he's just more of a media personality. Snoop
0: Dogg, Snoop or Adam Sandler,
3: actor comedian.
0: Oh, this is a tough one, Bo. Where do you go? You, I know you love some D.O.G. Uh, I, I know first you love of all,
1: first of all, talk about a dream blunt rotation here. <laughs> <laughs> is this not the most ideal blunt rotation with Daily Snoop and Adam Sandler? Good Lord, I could, yeah, That that's an all-time trio. I'd go with Snoop uh, narrowly over John Daly. John Daly, I think I could get sick of him after a little bit. But uh, Snoop Dogg all weekend, lighting up, playing some great music, vibes on 11 for three straight days. That's my
0: choice. Okay. Jeff, where do you roll here? Are you backing Adam Sandler? I feel like Adam Sandler's the chill one out of this group. You know, you could do a lot with Adam, Snoop, you're probably lighting up. You're probably having a good time. And and John Daly, who the hell knows what you're getting into with that guy.
2: Yeah, I think in my early twenties it would have been John Daly. In my later twenties it probably would have been Snoop, but at my age now it'd probably be Adam Sandler. And I know he's a dad, and and uh, I I don't know Whoa, right. I see what's
1: going on here.
2: Yeah, I, I like
1: children, so.
2: exactly well and I grew up on Adam Sandler. Um, Billy Madison was like when I was in eighth grade, so that was really my introduction to like a next level comedy, and so um he's somebody that I've looked up to for a long time. I know that he's kind of um he started out very hot and you know, it's kinda he's doing the Netflix thing. He's getting paid plenty of money. Happy yeah. Madison is, is doing pretty well for him. Um it's not quite the wheelhouse where it was, I mean, twenty plus years ago, but uh that that would probably still be my hang.
0: And I think I pictured a lot like grownups. I pictured a lot like that weekend you're chilling out with the, by the lake with some brews and you're probably not just getting Ab Sandler. Let's be honest. Like the whole crew is going to be there. Chris Rock, Kevin James, uh, just all those guys, David Spade. So yeah, I- I'm with you there, Jeff. Uh, looks like the chat is on your side a little bit here as well, or they're split. We, we got DD back and Adam Sandler, uh, Toronto Dave saying John Daly next question Connor saying daily, no questions. So a lot of John Daly love in the chat, and then uh, we, we also just have. wants to
1: go to Hooters.
0: <laughs> we also we also got Hooves saying do double G. Uh, so all right, a little a little bit of love, Kyle. What do you think? Break the tie here. We're kind of all over the place with this one.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think. Like you guys said, John Daly is going to be going a little bit too hard for the vibe <laughs> I'm trying to...
0: You're ripping pick. heaters all weekend. Like You're ripping yeah. like like 80. Uh, Put them down. Carton.
1: <laughs> Diet Pepsi. Cartons.
2: <laughs> and Hooters. Wings <laughs> on
1: wings on wings. So, I
3: mean, it is... For me, it's definitely a toss-up between Snoop or Sandler. And I mean... I think I have to go Snoop because he's probably also a package deal with a lot of those guys as well.
0: Fair really? enough.
3: He knows Fair. everybody. Everybody knows him. He's bringing Martha Stewart for you know, <laughs> the very Oh, least.
0: hell yeah. Yes. I, hey, I'd be in I, the kitchen
1: with all Martha. i be <laughs> in more than the kitchen. <laughs>
0: all right guys well i appreciate the game of would you rather i think the ice has been broken let's go ahead let's get into some dynasty tiers and rankings over here uh with some rave rookie reviews Shout out, Kyle. We appreciate you hosting that last segment, man. But we are on to rave rookie reviews. We're gonna start out this by doing some dynasty rookie tiers. After that, then we're gonna give you a quick re- recommendation about some recent TV movies, albums that we've uh, been listening and crushing here on the side. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it here with the tiers. I do want to break these tiers down just a little bit for the listening audience out there. We have six different tiers here base of the franchise these are going to be the players you draft and they make an immediate and lasting and long impact on your dynasty franchise early difference makers these are the players uh that you're drafting expecting to make a difference for your fantasy squad in year one potentially overhyped these are still those people that you know we still have to rank them high they're still going at a decent adp but we might think hey maybe they're not worth that price tag long-term upside that's tier number four here these are plays that hey they might not be fantasy rock stars in year number one or two but year three and four look out for them then there's the flex play ceiling uh these are the 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 players we draft and they have a floor but they're really not going to be anything more than a rotational piece on our dynasty rosters and then the future roster cloggers the guys we draft late who we keep on the squad for a year or two they clog it up and then we have to let them go So, Jeff, I want to start out here with the face of the franchise tier, Um, and we obviously know Bijan Robinson is going to be in this tier. However, is he in this tier alone? I think that's the question that we have to start out with. Is Bijan the only face of a Dynasty franchise, or are there other prospects we should be considering?
2: I mean, he's in tier zero. I mean, we're looking at this list, but um, that, that's good to zoom into his own tier. But um depends on your format. Are we looking at Superflex here? Are we looking at one quarter? Yes,
0: Superflex, correct.
2: Superflex. Uh, I would put Anthony Richardson uh, with him, I believe, as a face of the franchise. And I probably would put Jameer Gibbs, too. Um, just, I think that he's going to be there on. You know, I, I'm comfortable with Jameer Gibbs being an anchor running back if I have an anchor running back dynasty build. I think that, especially in PPR formats, um, but I would definitely have those three. I think uh, are up there. I mean, in Superflex, it's hard not to put um, Stroud and and Bryce Young there too. But I think that there are some questions about the upside on two of the, those two guys, and so I think that that separates compared to some of the other ones.
0: I'm right there with you, Jeff. I think that was great analysis. That is how I had it as well. And I think when you look at Gibbs, you look at Bijan, not only are they elite runners, they are great pass catchers. And in fantasy PPR leagues, that is what we need here uh, in the simplest terms. And Anthony Richardson, 100%. I mean, it's a risk. It's a risk to go with AR. um, But I think he's going to be great. And I'm excited to have him that top tier because of the rushing upside here. Bo, is there anyone else you're adding to this top tier, at least considering that could be the face of your dynasty franchise? Oh, without a doubt.
1: I was gonna have Bijan and JSN by themselves up top. Oh jack Jackson Smith and Jigba is a future Hall of Famer. That's I've been saying it for since last year. I know I know Jeff knows what he's worth out there as a Ohio State <laughs> guy. Uh, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is going to usurp Both Lockett and DK Metcalf in target volume in year one because of his skill set and the role he's going to be expected to fill in Seattle. It sounds spicy, but I just I think the world of his talent level as well as his translating traits to the NFL are all checked, all the boxes are checked for me. I just love him as a prospect. I love him as a professional translator. Uh that's who I would start with.
0: Okay. Jeff, I want to throw it back to you to, to weigh in on Bo's point here. I wasn't sure where, where we should have JSN because obviously I do love the prospect. This is a guy who outperformed Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave at Ohio State. The one game he played without him goes for over 300 yards in a Rose Bowl. However, he is in, in a crowded wide receiver core with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett. But that said, it was kind of an outlier season for Seattle tight ends. They got a lot of target share. The running backs got a lot of target share. There is room for him to show out, but is he the face of a franchise?
2: You know, I don't know if I love the ordering on some of these tiers because um, I I think he's more a long term upside play, to be honest with you. But I don't love that it's four. Like it feels like I feel like I can't put J.S. in tier four. Um, but uh, you know, I was pretty discouraged when I saw the. Um, them redo Tyler Lockett's deal because I, I kind of when he was drafted it was easy to tell yourself the story of Tyler Lockett having a big number yeah. that they could get out of after this year and then they kind of reset and go with those two wide receivers sets that we've really seen over the last handful of years but then redoing that deal I think they finally just decided that we actually want three NFL caliber wide receivers instead of having two and nothing else on the roster so that's kind of what they're going with and, um, and Bo's take is pretty spicy and I'm not getting there on that rookie year I think that we saw major strides in DK Metcalf's game last year where he evo- evolved from being that kind of that deep threat early in his career kind of being a limited route tree early in his career and he worked more as a primary receiver more in the intermediate game last year more in creative quick action last year and so I think he's taking that step forward as being that primary receiver um, and, and I don't get to the point of Jackson Smith and Jigba knocking him out as a rookie um, I do absolutely love the long term upside but Again, i was a little bit disappointed with the redoing of Tyler Rockets steel and i think you're just gonna have um it's uh i think i think we as fantasy managers as players as uh, dynasty players we kind of think that we want those neat tight target trees and neat tight backfields and um sometimes nfl teams decide it's nice, nice to have a lot of talent and a lot of options yeah
0: absolutely yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll leave him up there for now because I'm definitely with you. I don't think we can knock him down too many tiers here. Um, Bo, let's talk about early difference makers, though. L- let's move on to tier two here. Who are players that we can draft as rookies? Uh, probably whether that's in the, the mid-round one of rookie drafts or the early round two. Uh, who who are some of these players that are going to be early difference makers that you believe in investing here uh, for that ADP?
1: I mean, can we just put those two top quarterbacks besides Richardson in this tier? Because uh, they're both going to be starting week one. There's, I mean, Davis Mills can tell himself he's competing for the starting job with C.J. Stroud all he wants, but it's C.J. Stroud. And the the receiving core there is what it is. It's not great, but he also has a lot of talent uh, in his – a lot of people are disrespecting C.J. Stroud right now. And it's it's hip to do so because he's not as exciting as Richardson, and he's not as short and story making as Bryce Young. So uh, we we kind of forget what all C.J. Stroud did at Ohio State. Uh, as steady as they come, as accurate as they yes, come, uh, as creative, kind of like Caleb Williams is. Where it like you you disrespect the guy's game because he's not flashy, but like I've seen this guy make some all world plays. Making throws that very few guys on this planet can do. And he's the elevator. Like he's a guy that can elevate talent around him. That's definitely going to translate. CJ Stroud belongs at the top, but again, we're we're kind of splitting hairs with, oh, is he gonna be the face of the franchise or is the early right. difference maker? I don't see much distinction between those two categories in the first place. Uh and then he's also the long-term upside guy because I I don't think that his ceiling is as capped as everybody says it is.
0: Yeah. I love CJ Stroud, man. Dude is an absolute weapon out there. Jeff, who else can you add to this early difference maker tier? There's a couple wide receivers that also went in this first round. There's a tight end as well. um, And some running backs. Is anyone that you see if you draft them in your dynasty rookie draft are going to impact your team in year one? Well, I think the news today that came out about Mike
2: Williams potentially needing back surgery and the questions around them, I think that that puts Quentin Johnston into that tier for me. I think that that colors that selection in the first round quite a bit differently, especially the attachment to Justin Herbert and the high upside offense. If he's on the field, this is a guy that you know he can make your fantasy week in just two plays. He's that explosive. And so I think I put him there. I think I probably put Jordan Addison there. I think that Jordan Addison, um, as much as there are mouths to feed in Minnesota, I think I think that what Minnesota's doing this year is they're kind of going all in on um, kind of one last push i think with Kirk Cousins probably as much as we've talked about Dalvin Cook moving on Dalvin Cook's yes. still a viking and, um, I think that they're kind of loading it up on, we're going to load up this offense. We're going to go, we're going to have a high octane offense. We're not going to have any weaknesses across the board on offense, and we're going to try to make up for a defense. And so I think Jordan Addison is going to be positioned to be a, an immediate contributor. And then, um, you know, my guy, Dalton Kincaid in Buffalo, I think that yes. for all the questions around a rookie tight end, if he's going to be playing in the big slot in that offense, if he's going to be on the field and not going to come off the field, I mean, there's certainly questions about Dal- um, Dalton or uh, Dustin Knox and Gabe Davis. And so if he can emerge as that second option in that high octane Buffalo offense, as a tight end. I mean, that's going to be a cheat code. It, you know that the ceiling is so low on returning value on a tight end. If he's flirting with 700, 800 yards and gets to six to eight touchdowns, I mean, you're locking in a tight end one season at that level.
0: Okay. All right. I I like all those plays. Honestly, I have a little bit of question marks around Addison, just what his long-term value is, but I I do not dispute that he is going to be probably a difference maker here in year one with the vacated targets in Minnesota. Um, Can I make the case for Zach Charbonnet here, guys? Because I really think I can. Um, it took me a long time to come around to this prospect. I, I hate when I see Big Ten players transfer over the Pac-12. Sorry, Bo. I'm n- I'm not on the Pacific Coast. Uh, I I don't think it's as good of a conference anymore. Um, but I no, think
1: everybody's leaving.
0: <laughs> but I think this is a guy with an all-purpose skill set. Round two draft capital matters, man. Scott Ryan here on our site a couple weeks ago. He laid out uh, the round two RBs have top 24 seasons in over 62% of their rookie years. So I think that he could compliment Kenneth Walker nicely here. Um, over 119 vacated carries as well here. Uh, how do you like it, Jeff Bell? Uh, can, can we make the argument for uh, Mr. Charbonnet to be in this tier? Or do you think he's more of a, a future play or even overhyped maybe?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you could put him there. I think that Seattle's offense is going to have a high ceiling. If he's getting the goal line work, we know that, you know, they're not going to be bush pushing, um, Geno into the end zone of the way that the Eagles do with Hertz. So I think that if he can get the goal line work, if he can emerge as the primary receiving back in that offense, I mean, there's a chance he really gets 60 to 70 percent of that work in that offense as the running back and especially the high leverage opportunities over Ken Walker. And so I think that's fine. I mean, if we're heating it up, if we're going to heat it up here. Let's, let's go. Let's yeah. make it worthwhile. Let's, let's throw <laughs> Devin and Shane in that tier. I think we oh. saw some...
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're going to put Charbonnet up there, the yeah, a chain is I mean, way more exciting. Some
2: talk here that Devin Ashane can, um, has been the talk of Dolphins camp, even just the first day that his explosion has stood out immediately. We know that offense has high upside, so I think you can, uh, you'll talk about putting him in there. And, um, if you want to dig a little bit and get a little bit interesting here, um, Jaden Reed, I think, might be a player that mm. might have an opportunity to be an early difference maker. We saw him starting yes. in the spot like right away in that Packers offense. You look at the Packers offense. There's a lot of questions about that. And so he could really emerge as being a primary option in that offense, especially out of the slot with Jordan love coming in his first year. So you want to heat it up a little bit. Let's go. And I think that I want to talk about. I like it. I I
0: like it. I like
1: all three of those guys more than Kincaid in that group, because I don't feel like Kincaid is the route runner that everybody's playing him up to be. So, yes, he might have that role, but I don't know if he earns targets that early on as that big slot in Buffalo. And I understand it's a pass-heavy offense with a dynamic quarterback, but it's also got a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And I know that Dalton Kincaid can run routes, but I didn't put him in an elite tier of route running as a tight end. He's a solid player, has a lot of strengths, very few weaknesses. I just didn't think that he was that straight-in type player where you were going to say, Oh yeah, he's going to, he deserves to be right there, right off the bat. I don't think that he gets that right off the bat. And that's why I'm kind of fading him. And I put him in that tier three, just because I like him as an early second round pick, unless it's tight end premium, then he's a late first for me. But I, I don't value him that much higher over the other two tight ends that went early that are I, good I, receivers.
2: Well, I think he's, you're wrong, he's in the same tier for me. me. Uh, He's in in the same tier for me. (laughs) I... (laughs) I, I have, and
1: I knew that was going to get pushback from a lot of people, especially somebody who roots for the Bills.
2: <laughs> it's got nothing but, to do about that. It's, it's understanding. I, it's, uh, I, I mean, I've seen enough out of Kincaid's game, especially you watch the USC tape. I mean, we've seen. It, USC oh, couldn't cover anybody,
1: half. though. They have yeah, no They, they put
2: two dudes on him, and he, he was carving them up as a tight end, and Cam Rising is no special sauce at quarterback. So I, I've seen enough yeah. from Kincaid that but I even Cam Rising. Wright- three
1: steps up is and throw a ball, ball right well. there. It I didn't see that much separation really. It was just more of like, oh, I'm running a square in on every play, a running a skinny post, a slant, and the USC defense was just standing there, letting him do it. And I, I don't think that translated if he was in the Big Ten playing against good defense. I didn't see it. It was nothing special to me. It was good. It was amazing in certain games, but he also disappeared when good coverage was on him. So I saw plenty of that. In the second USC game last year, where the first half he got blanketed by one guy that he burnt in the first game because they all they did was put inside leverage on him, and he couldn't get open. He was covering himself. It seemed it seemed ridiculous.
0: So, so my takeaway from this is that Dolan Kincaid's going to be a hot topic in your rookie drafts. But yes. There are going to be people like me who, honestly, at the 107 and the Superflex, I'm starting to consider Kincaid, honestly. that That's where I am. But then there's going to be people like Bo who are going to fade him, and there's a chance he falls to your second round. So I think that's the big takeaway here. I think both of you have very valid points on Kincaid. i more side with Jeff here, but I, but I think, Bo, you have legitimate concerns about him. Um, but, man, was that USC tape special, Jeff. You're 100% right on that. And, yeah. If I ever wanted to watch a tape of, of a tight end that I want to believe in, it, it's that one right there. So, if you ever wanted
1: to watch a highlight reel, just watch whatever whatever game they played USC on.
0: <laughs> Let's go ahead. I want to talk about someone I am going to argue that should be in the potentially overhyped tier, and it's Zay Flowers. And I like Zay Flowers as a prospect. I, th- I compared him, and this is a little bit of a different comparison, but he reminded me of a Heinz Ward, a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He can he, I think he still has like some playmaking tendencies, kind of Amon Raw like in those jet sweeps that we see in the screen game. Um, but he's also a guy who's willing to block, can get downfield, play inside, outside, and do the dirty work. And I really like Zay Flowers as a prospect, but I worry that Todd Munkin's not going to be able to fix everything. Last time Todd Munkin was in Cleveland, they still ran the ball way more th- than most franchises. Obviously, uh, the head coach has something to do with that here. But but I worry that the slice of pie is just not going to be big enough for Zay Flowers. OBJ's there. Mark Andrews is there. Dobbins is back for another year healthy. And Lamar Jackson, is he going to take that next step? I worry that he might not. Jeff, are my alarm bells ringing on Zay Flowers? Are they too strong? Should he be in a different tier here?
2: Uh, I'd probably would have put him in long term upside just because I think he's going to be. Um, I expect that Baltimore offense to be plenty explosive, and uh, I think that as he comes in immediately, I, th- I think what you're going to see. I'm I'm of two minds that I can't really decide on Baltimore's offense because I look at the way they use Rashad Bateman. Of the last couple of years is a deep vertical threat. And then I know that was a different offense, but they kind of used Hollywood Brown as that when he first came yes. in. And then as soon as they drafted Bateman, they kind of brought Brown more as that intermediate, that primary receiver. And they use Bateman to stretch the field. So I wonder if Zay flowers as a rookie might be in that field stretching role as they bring Bateman a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, a little bit uh, shallower targets. That is a more primary volume. My other thought is that Bateman was re- very good at stretching the field, and maybe they keep him in that role, and they use Flowers in, in that intermediate. I don't know that I really consider much out of Odell Beckham um, in that offense, to be honest with you. I think that okay. I'm more, more intrigued on them running 12 personnel with a Isaiah Likely as that second tight end with Mark Andrews. That's where I'm more curious, because as Monkey comes from Georgia, as we saw with Darnell Washington with Brock Bowers in that Georgia offense, I think that running a little bit more 12 personnel loading up the run game a little bit there and allowing Lamar Jackson to take some deep shots, whereas Zay flowers can p- kind of pay off in in one play on you that, that where is where I, I'm kind of think that he might be right now in my mind, but I think that is more long-term outside play. Whereas
0: I think he's just going to be pretty inconsistent as a rookie. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I appreciate that analysis. Um, Bo, how do you feel about anyone else? Else, that could maybe be in this long-term upside category, or the potentially overhyped. Anyone you want to take a, a jab at that you don't really want to touch at the current ADP?
1: No, I I, I like a lot of these guys. Um, I want to throw uh, Jonathan Mingo in the overhype overhyped category. Uh, just skill set wise, he was outproduced by Malik Heath last year at Ole Miss. If you're not even the primary receiver on your own team then how are you getting hype just based on draft capital, especially when the landing spot isn't special. Like we like, we like to be excited about Bryce young and the Carolina Panthers rebuild, but I don't see the initial surge from him happening because he couldn't outshine anybody at Ole Miss. He never did anything special there at all. He's an athletic specimen. Yes. We've seen plenty of those guys come out of Ole Miss DK Metcalf and AJ Brown are freaks. Uh, if, even if you look at Evan Ingram coming out of Ole Miss, athletic freaks, not all of them are cut out to be superstar athletes at the NFL level because it's not just about athletic ability. It's about skill at the football game. And DK Metcalf was pretty raw coming in, but he turned into a good football player. A.J. Brown came in a superstar. He's still a superstar. I have serious doubts of whether Jonathan Mingo is good enough at football to make that gigantic leap from being an ancillary receiver at Ole Miss into becoming something special at Carolina. I really just don't see it.
0: Okay. All right. Jonathan Mingo going potentially overhyped. I'm with you on that one, Bo. Uh, The the next name I want to bring to the table for potentially overhyped, and maybe I'm just reading this situation all wrong, and and hearing recent reports, maybe I am. What about Kendra Miller? I, I just didn't love the tape as much as everyone else. I think he runs a bit upright, lacks explosiveness, not really a pass-catching threat either. But now we're hearing that, you know, the Alvin Kamara comps and, and that Miller's coming out and saying, I can do everything that is doing and that coaches are showing him film. Like he they want him to play that role potentially. Jeff, is there that type of upside here for Miller that I'm just not seeing? Because he reminds me of more of Jamal Williams than Kamara. Um, I'm just, it's a head scratcher for me. I think the explosives are there. We didn't see a lot of pass game usage, and I, I don't know.
2: Nobody's Kamara. So to compare him to no. Kamara is, is wild to, to me. Um, I, you're not going to have him as a primary receiving option the way Alvin Kamara was. Um, but I do think the explosives are there in that offense, and I think that they're going to rely on running the ball pretty really heavily. And so if Kamara's missing time, um, I can. I think Miller is going to produce um, and so I don't blame you for putting him there, though, because I think people are steaming him up the draft board pretty heavily. Um, yeah. I really look at when I, I'm looking at rookie drafts, like between the 111 and like the 303, 304. I don't think there's a big separation. And so, yes, um, the the people that have decided that uh, guys that have to go like that 111, 112, like 201, 202, that that area, relative to the guys that are willing to allow to drop in the third round. Like, that's kind of where if, if you're insistent that somebody is the 112 in this draft, I, I think that they probably belong in the overhyped, um, to, to be honest with you. But uh, that's the way I see it. I think two guys that kind of I'm looking at here, Hennon Hooker is a guy that I think is still kind of going. I've seen him going still early oh, second, which yeah, I mean, he yeah. almost fell out of. Day two, and uh, you know he's not that much younger than Jared Goff, to be honest. And uh, I think that they, the talk immediately was that they want to resign Jared Goff. And to be honest, I think that that was just the lions selected him because the lions had a lot of picks in the draft. They didn't have a clear backup quarterback. They got a guy on a four year rookie contract that they don't have to pay a lot of money to. And I think they're comfortable moving forward with Jared Goff. And so I think that if you're using an early second round on him, because it's a super flex draft. um, I don't know that the athleticism is there for him to be any sort of dual threat quarterback. And um, yeah, that, that Detroit offense we've seen be productive, but If This guy is going to be a backup quarterback, going to be sitting on your roster for a while. Maybe he's even a future roster clogger, to be honest with you. But I couldn't imagine using a a primary um, premium pick on him where I see him going in some places. Um, Yes. And the other name that will probably get me canceled that people absolutely love is Marvin Mims um, with Denver. Because um, that is a guy that... People absolutely love him, but I look at his role in that offense and I think that there's gonna be some explosives, some big plays from Russell Wilson. But that that was really all he was at Oklahoma, a deep vertical threat. We didn't see anything in the underneath in in the intermediate game to suggest that he's gonna be a high volume wide receiver. And so people are all about him. And I understand like the the numbers might be there because he was very effective on those deep Mm -hmm. threats, but I think that's just going to be like a, we say better and best ball uh, hit or miss type guy. And so uh, you know, people are all over him. Uh, but again, it's, it's, we're, we, I don't know. Hey, ADP is not the players. If I can get, I've gotten Marvin Mims in the early third, a couple places. And I'm sure I'm, I'm willing to take that bet, but if somebody's going to grab him in the early second, then uh, he's landing it
0: overhyped. Yeah. Yep. I, I love both of those, Bo. What do you have on these guys?
1: uh mims especially because he's an analytics darling he's he's the kind of guy you look at the numbers and go wow look at those numbers and then you pop in the tape you're like wow nobody covered him <laughs> it's 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 the uh, it's the gabe davis it's the christian watson phenomenon where you get a guy who's fast enough and 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 just runs down the field with enough blown coverage that you're going to find in the big 12 every single game uh He's gonna score some points. And at the NFL level, that just happens fewer times. It just happens a lot less often than in the Big 12. And Marvin Mims is gonna stretch the field vertically. He's gonna have some very big games, but they're not gonna come very often. And it's it's gonna be really frustrating for somebody who spent a pick on a guy who they could have gotten a guy who contributes right away in a meaningful way, getting earning targets in volume. Yeah. Uh like Zay Flowers I think is is a is a high volume target earner despite his size because he can play all three receiver positions well enough to get open and I don't think Marvin Mims has that skill set he has he has a flanker skill set where he's going to run down the field like DJ Chark and if they blow the coverage he's going to catch he's going to catch some bombs and it's going to look really fancy but at the end of the day the fantasy points aren't going to be there it that consistently so I I'm with I'm with Jeff on that one uh, yeah. I don't think there's too many other guys that I can notice that are really overhyped right now I have that, that's seems like that a, oh yeah
0: let's hear it bit. let's hear it
2: Jeff don't don't hurt um, me Chase Brown. Um, I think oh, yes. Right Thank you, right. Jeff. Because Thank you, Jeff. Everything that I have heard out of Cincinnati is that they're viewing Travion Williams as the backup running back there. No, exactly. And everybody convinced themselves that Joe Mixon was not going to be a bangle. Joe Mixon's still a bangle. Still there. And, uh, still there. Those that um, I, I think that I could see the Bengals being in a position where Joe Mixon leaves after this year. They decide it's time to move on. There are a handful of running Backs coming up in next year's class that yeah. I think that they view the position as important Enough potentially in their offense that I Could see them grabbing a either a Travion Henderson or a Raheem Sanders a guy like that in the second round <laughs> That uh, really just cancels The heck out of anything and so if People are steaming uh, Chase Brown up there and they am seeing him mid-second Occasionally thinking that he's going to yeah, be yeah, the Backup yeah. and they're going to cut Joe Mixon And you, 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 you got a s- smash Play there but again uh, Travion Trayvon Williams is a guy that I've scooped up in every single league for free that I possibly yeah. can, because everything that I've heard is that he's viewed as the backup running back.
1: He's I, actually a good receiver. Unlike Chase Brown, Williams
0: Chase off. Brown yeah. is a great receiver. We don't, he's need got that. bricks
1: for hands, bro. Bricks. Dude,
0: I, I can't stand this. I, I'm going to move to long-term upside. I, Jeff, I totally get where you and Bo are. Um, He's I no love-
1: Sydney Brown. He's not his brother. His brother's an elite safety in the making. And and he, I think he's coattail riding with the name because his brother's so awesome at playing safety. Uh, I don't think he's anything at the league, at the league level.
0: I just think every, everything I saw about this guy, the tape, the combine character, everything looks good to me. I don't, I don't know why people are so off him. He crushed the combine. Uh, I think this guy, he's yoked. He, he is like the prototypical bell cow back, in my opinion. Um, he reminds me a lot of my comp. For him was if Raheem Moster and CMC had a baby, like like uh, that is really where I oh, think. Man. Like when the fifth round, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying he has the talent of Christian McCaffrey, but I think he has that skill set. I, I think he's just a poor man's version of it. I very I, poor, and I really poverty. I, I do. I do struggle with, with Joe Mixon. I don't know what his future is. And I know we're seeing those reports early, Jeff, uh, uh, about different running backs coming into the Bengals offense. But yeah, I, I have to make the case for chase Brown. I will stick up for him here. Um, but I was outvoted so we can go ahead and p- put him in potentially overhyped. I'll give you that one. Um, however, I'm not going to give you a J Spears. To me, this guy has long-term upside. Obviously, we know about the ACLs, and he didn't dispute that in a recent claim. He said, quote, I'm healthy, but he didn't say, quote, I have ACLs. Um, But I I love Spears. Just on tape alone, this guy was my RB3 in this 2023 class. Patient runner, uh, great yards after contact, top five in this draft class. And the hands, the pass blocking, it's all great. And if you want to talk about a guy who showed up against USC, turn on the Cotton Bowl film. This guy exploded 204 yards, four touchdowns, game winner from him. I love everything about him. Obviously, he's going to be behind Derrick Henry here, at least in year number one. But I don't think you spend day two draft capital on a, a running back here in Tennessee you don't intend to use. I think Mike v- Vrabel saw something in the two lane prospect. So um, I like him a lot here. Uh, Jeff Bo, any thoughts on uh, Mr. TyJ Spears, Tulane's pride? Yeah, I
2: think the fade has gone too far on him. People are very concerned yeah. about those ACLs, and that again, that's that's another guy Honestly. you can get in the early third round. And I'm smashing mm-hmm. it all day in the early third, and and I think that um, we've seen for the last couple of years, Tennessee's really wanted a receiving back to step up next to Derrick Henry, yeah. and I think that they they thought it was going to be Darrington Evans a couple of years ago. He we saw him mm-hmm. get hurt a couple of times, and so I think Spears is the next in line there, and I think he's he could be a, a major element in their offense because. We know that they don't have wide receiver depth to kind of step in and get targets. And I mean, if this guy's getting some targets out of the backfield, he can pay off pretty quickly.
0: Okay. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Bo, anyone else here in long-term upside, we need to be considering there's still a lot of names here that were day two prospects,
1: Josh downs. Give me some Josh downs up in here. Love this guy. Uh, Another guy plays all three receiver positions despite his size. Very similar to Zay Flowers, maybe a little bit more wiry and quick, uh, a little less rugged than than uh, than Mr. Flowers. But uh, this guy just gets open, and I think that they're going to plug him right into what they hope Paris Campbell would turn into last year. Yes, and he's gonna he's gonna handle that role well because Anthony Richardson is going to need a short and intermediate guy who can get open quick, especially when uh, teams roll out exotic blitz schemes and looks at at the rookie quarterback to see what he's got. And uh, having somebody where you have your field stretcher, Alec Pierce, you have your big hulking X at Michael Pittman. You have a litany of tight ends. They've drafted more tight ends this year and they have so many tight ends and they just needed a slot receiver who could get open consistently. Campbell could not last year and I just love Josh Downs' skill set. This dude is lightning quick laterally and he's going to he's going to be fun to watch in this offense. I just have a feeling this offense with with their coaching staff set up there, it's the best case scenario for Richardson, it's the best case scenario for a guy like Downs to Really, just take off, and I I love his value. I'm getting him anywhere between yeah. the late first. Where if if it's if it's not tight end premium, then I'm I'm kind of kind of reaching for him because I really like to have him as my long term upside guy. Especially if I have more than one first round pick, I'll kind of sneak him at one eleven or one twelve. And I'll, I'll snap snap him somewhere in the second. I've snapped him as late as early third. Yeah,
0: yeah. you traded back and, in, w- in one of the drafts we're in, and, and you traded back yeah, and you still got Downs.
1: Yeah, I just I loaded up. I got Charbonnet, A-Chain in the second. I was like, hey, Downs is still here. I'm going to go get him. And that's what I did. I just love the guy. I think he's going to be a really fun player to watch and a lot better than people think he is.
0: All right. Jeff, go ahead, throw some more long-term upsides uh, players that we should be considering in that second, third round of fantasy drafts. Guys who they might not win you your league in 2023, but they have value here down the line.
2: I'm going to dump the tight ends there. I'm going to dump Sam Laporta. I'm going to dump Michael Mayer, and I'm going to dump Luke Musgrave there. I think we saw all three of those guys go early second round, and all three are stepping into probably not immediate production opportunities, but definitely long-term production opportunities. Um, I'm putting Rasheed Rice here, and I know that there's a fade on him because people decided he's not particularly good, but anytime a wide receiver is playing with Patrick Mahomes, we know the upside is like through the roof there, and we saw him go day two. Uh, I'm thinking probably Will Levis lands here. Maybe Will Levis lands flex play ceiling kind of. I don't know where to put Will Levis, but um, long-term upside is probably still there. We saw, I know that he didn't go first round, but he did go very early in the second round. And there was rumors the Titans were trying to move up to get into the end of the first round to grab him. So in Superflex, you have to still consider him there. Um, I think looking at my list here, um, Jalen Hyatt is a weird name because I think that, yes, if, if that's a guy that where I saw early in drafts, people were taking him in the early second round and I wasn't touching that, but now that's a guy that I've gotten personally a couple times in the third round and with the, the openings in that Giants receiver room, it'd be able to grab Jalen Hyland in the third round is a bet that I'm willing to make there. I a agree. A couple more times. Tank Bigsby, I think, lands here. I think that Tank Bigsby, uh, I think he could really take Travis Etienne's job, to be honest with you. I think that 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 is certainly in play, but um, I, I mean, that's probably a little spicy the way that some people look at that. And then uh, Roshan Johnson kind of clears out. Um, like, like that tier and again talked about a couple times between the one eleven and the three oh three, three oh four, like that big group. And Roshan Johnson is the one more on the board that's still kind of sitting
0: there that I think needs to be put somewhere. I love it, Jeff. I love I love all the analysis. That is exactly the players that I was gonna reel out there as well. Bo, round us out here with flex play ceilings. Um anyone that we haven't touched on here that uh, you know, it's not gonna be the best ceiling overall, but it still could get the job done here as a rotational player on your fantasy team for potentially a later rookie round pick.
1: Yeah, um, I like Puka Nakua here, I'm getting him in the fourth round everywhere. Uh, very, very close comp to, uh, Robert Woods. They really, really missed Robert Woods' game in L.A. last year, especially once Cooper Cup went down. They didn't have anybody who could get open from the slot, and I understand t- Sean McVay runs a lot of bunch receiver sets where all the slot, all receivers are in the slot, and then they can spread out from there. Robert Woods is that working class, lunch pail guy at wide receiver, and Puka Nakua did all those same things at BYU. He's the reason why Zach Wilson looked so good most of the time at BYU, Uh, he, Puka Nakua, you can, Zach Wilson can thank him for the first round draft capital because he was the shining star of that offense, to be perfectly honest. Uh, that's, uh, that's a guy who's going to get playing time pretty quickly on in LA, especially when your competition for targets is Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek and Tyler Higby. Woof. Give me a Puka Nakua all day. Not much upside, Mm. but I, I, like his floor as a, as a player to get some decent work early on.
0: Okay. I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping here. Tank Dell for me, he's long-term upside. I I think we know this is the guy CJ Stroud wanted. They went out and got him Uh, a little bit undersized, but I think he can still make an impact for fantasy teams as soon as year number one. Um, Also, I know this one's going to be a little controversial, but Deuce Vaughn to me is very intriguing. I think he is a flex play ceiling. I don't think he has the size to be a necessarily huge huge impact player, but I think there's, there's an opportunity. there as the Cowboys rookie uh, RB two um, in this offense, Jeff, anyone else here in rookie or uh, flex play ceiling that you would consider? Um,
2: I was thinking kind of the next year for a handful of guys. They're kind sure. of right on the cusp. Um, Zach Evans is a guy that, um, middle late third round. He, we went around six, but I, he could be potentially be an injury away running back that, um, could emerge. Israel Abanacanda, I think, is right there, too. He could emerge as being that primary backup to Brees Hall. And if we see any sort of injury setback, anything like that with Brees Hall, I mean, Abanacanda could be their week one starting running back. Eric Gray is a guy that um, he's sitting there as the uh, probably potentially the direct backup to uh, Saquon Barkley. And we there are questions long term about Saquon Barkley. If he's going to play on the franchise tag, what's going to happen there? Gray is a three down skill set type player that um, he could really step in and have immediate impact. Um, Cedric Tillman, I think, merits mention. That's a guy that uh, I think he's. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be a free agent after this year. Amari Cooper has two more years on his contract, and so he's a guy that can emerge as being a, a major player in that Cleveland offense, especially if they run the ball more. Um, Chris Rodriguez is a guy that I'm scooping up everywhere, and I think that he could be a direct backup to Brian Robinson and, and get that a lot of that early down roll, get a lot of that goal line roll, potentially whatever happens with Washington. Evan Hull is kind of right there, where yes, he can emerge yep. as being the backup running back to Jonathan Taylor in what should be a high volume rushing offense. Um, Michael Wilson is a guy I have a soft spot in my heart that a lot of people are off him, but when you look at it, Arizona, is going to be overhauling their offense. They're going to need guys that can win outside. A lot of what they have at wide receiver is remnants from the Cliff Garrett, Cliff Kingsbury air right offense, and they're not going to be running that anymore. And so they that new regime drafted Wilson and he's one of the few guys on the roster with size and whatever happens with DeAndre Hopkins, he could be gone and, and we could see a full rebuild and Michael Wilson could be playing a lot more than what people realize. Um, and then that Kayshawn Butte is probably the one that oh. is still kind of hanging out there that um, it's, it's uh, I said a couple weeks ago that you're not going to have a more fun fourth round rookie pick. If he lands that far in your draft and Kayshawn Butte, just mm-hmm. because the upside Is there? I mean, this is a guy that a year ago we thought he was either wide receiver one or wide receiver two in this class because of the production that he showed immediately and landing in New England an opportunity where there's a lot of uncertainty about what that wide receiver room is going to look like. And he is the one guy on that receiver room that has a diverse skill set that can play inside and outside that they can move around and can really emerge as the primary receiver there.
0: Love it, man. Love all those flex plays. And I I think that's exactly what those guys are. Or, or, You know, the ceiling might not be there. But at the end of the day, they're guys you can scoop up late in your rookie draft. A couple names we haven't mentioned that I kind of want to throw out there, Tank Bigsby. Um, I think he could be potentially overhyped a little bit. Um, This is a guy that I never really saw a a lot of special stuff when he played big-time competition. Um, I thought some of the comparisons were out. Obviously, he gets round three draft capital, though. Um, I think there will be a role here, but I, maybe maybe he's a flex play. What, what do you think about that, Jeff? Are you, uh, Bo? You okay with that? A flex play ceiling? because I think Tank Bigsby is nothing more than that. I yeah, like Big-
1: it's, it's, I like Bigsby. I think he has a little bit more upside than that. Uh, more more of a long term upside guy for me. Uh, just because he has a lot of talent. And I think he can carve out opportunity because of that talent. Uh, the dude looked really good at Auburn in a really bad offense. Uh, that, that goes to show that he's got he's got that Cam Akers kind of vibe to me where he's a lot better than the team around him was. He kind of looked good in spite of a lot of things. Uh, so I, I do like his translation to the next level a lot better than some people. I think a little bit better than flex play consideration.
0: Okay, Bretton strange for me as well out of Penn State. We we know there could be a little bit of issues there uh, long term with Evan Ingram, possibly not signing a contract. I think this guy is not someone who's ever going to take the league by storm. But I think he at the end of the day, he could play a role in a Jacksonville offense that's led by one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Guy was a game changer. A lot, of, a lot of these games, Penn State starts out 0-1 at Purdue, if it's not for Brenton Strange. Uh, he had some big-time plays, so I don't mind him. Uh, you know, I'm talking end of rookie draft here, maybe even grab him off waivers, but I don't mind stashing him a year on my taxi to see what find what I can find out here. Uh, Bo, real quick before we go, throw us a future roster clogger, uh, one or two guys who you don't want anything part of because they're <laughs> going to be nothing for you.
1: Yeah, I don't really have a lot of these guys because I want to take some stabs at a lot of different guys. Uh, roster cloggers are always the worst thing. Uh, yes. Maybe K- Kenny McIntosh. I just don't see him moving on in Seattle very high. Uh, I don't see a lot of potential in a lot of these quarterbacks that people are taking at the, end of, at the end of their rookie drafts. I think it's kind of a throwaway thing where you can get these guys anytime you want. If there's any semblance of possibility that they're going to see playing time, you don't need to spend draft picks on them. Uh, go and load up on skill guys, especially in rounds three and four, because they're at least going to have a better chance of seeing the football field. Uh, Dwayne McBride, I don't see it. I don't oh, see it. I,
0: I love Dwayne McBride.
1: I just don't see it. Uh, Dalvin Cook is still here. Alexander Madison is still here. Ty Chandler is a much better running back prospect. I'm sorry, but Ty Chandler. No, gonna... stop!
0: Don't. Ty don't Chandler
1: that. is an awesome running back. He is on the older side that's getting him way more knocks than if you actually watched the dude play at Carolina last year or two years ago, absolute baller. And he's going to get a lot more playing time than Dwayne McBride, who Alabama, Birmingham, good program, really low level competition. Uh, And my last one, I don't want any part of uh, Sean Tucker. I get, I get the appeal. He's got the speed. He's just too much like Chuba Hubbard. And with no draft capital that Chuba Hubbard has, so it's just you get a straight line speed guy who flashed yeah. in spots. He's not. He doesn't have wiggle. He doesn't have pad level. He doesn't run with lean. He doesn't run with vision or patience. He's just really fast. That's it. And the whole heart issue thing. So like so many red flags here. He's going to be a roster clogger, a lot like uh, what's the Chiefs guy uh, last year,
2: Ronald Jones, the receiver.
1: No, the receiver uh, Justin, Ross. Justin, yeah, Ross. Justin Ross. Yeah. Justin Ross. You get guys that are undrafted because of medicals. That should tell you everything you need to know about how NFL franchises value him. They are scared too.
2: those, okay. those two. I, I appreciate those two running backs though, because those were on my mind. And so I'm happy to see you're there. Um, Charlie Jones is a guy that I see a lot of hype around because the, he's with the Bengals. I think he's a special teamers. And, and to be honest with you, I just don't think he's, um, I just don't see him taking over for Tyler Boyd next year. Um, no, of course not. Some of these receivers, like Trey Tucker is a guy that I think that, you know, he's he was a day two yes. pick, but um, I think he potentially a vertical field stretcher, but I don't see him getting any sort of real volume with the Raiders. Tyler Scott landed early in the fourth round and landing into that Chicago offense. I think there's potential for some creative usage there for him, but um, I don't know that you're ever going to put him into your lineups um, some of these other guys, Parker Washington. I, I, I'm sorry, Seth. I know you're a Penn State guy, and that's all right. A, I'm all a right. Fun with player, that. but I mean, uh, there's bad a bad enough. You put
1: Strange play. on here.
0: Well, <laughs> oh.
2: Strange is fun because Strange could be uh, the, the Dallas Goddard to uh, Zach or um, Evan Ingram. Zach, Ertz, Zach Ertz, yeah, I think yeah. that uh, potential is there with Doug Peterson. But um, uh, some Xavier Hutchinson's a guy that some people were really I, on him because I like Xavier.
0: Productive. I still so like him.
2: I just don't know what he is at the NFL level and I don't think the NFL does either. And that's why he fell yeah. later in the draft. Um, he's a guy that he has to be a primary receiver and I don't think he's got the athleticism to do that. Um, and that's probably, I wanted to, th- murdering. I don't yeah,
1: know. I wanted to throw a guy into the overhyped, but he's probably in the roster clogger territory as well. And I know it's going to overjoy Jeff that it's going to come to the, at the end of the show here, but Luke Schoonmaker, I did not see any reason the Dallas Cowboys should have drafted him in the second round for any reason, because if they're looking for the best blocking tight end in the draft, Darnell Washington was still there in the second round. If they were looking for a decent receiver, they could have gotten Luke Schoonmaker in round five or six. A second round pick on Luke Schoonmaker, the draft capital lords are putting him in the same tier as Michael Mayer and Sam Laporta. It's asinine. This guy was... Just a good player at Michigan. That's it. Nothing special as a receiver or a blocker. He's just one of those Big Ten lifers that you kind of like saying his name. It's fun to say Luke Schoonmaker, (laughs) but good lord, it's he's not even there as a receiver. Even like Ferguson's a better receiver. Like the Peyton Hendershot is a better receiver as a fullback or H back. I don't see it for Schoonmaker as a fantasy option. I don't. There's no reason to draft him anywhere.
0: All right.
2: he, OK, I don't we don't I know we don't have tiers for this, um, but some. Yeah. if you're in a very deep league, some names to to out there, if you're watching yeah. this for rookie prep, Elijah Higgins is an interesting player as he converts to tight end. He is a very explosive for the tight end position landing in Miami. Uh, that's yeah. that's a big conversion for him. So you'd have to have a deep roster to throw him on a taxi. But that is a guy that especially if you're in a premium for tight ends, that's one to keep an eye on um justin shorter with buffalo he was a five-star recruit he did he Love was justin not shorter, productive yeah. um in college but again that's that's a, was a bet by that's buffalo i agree on, a, pedigree, on a, a five-star guy can't teach size can't teach athleticism if he can figure some things out uh, being attached to josh allen i mean that is could be a great stash don't Wicks teach is,
1: nasty either yeah. you can't teach a nasty and justin shorter is nasty
2: he is um, Lou Nichols was the guy we haven't mentioned yet, but Lou he Nichols, could step yeah. in there. If, uh, if uh, um, AJ Dillon were to miss time, Lou Nichols could see some playing time because that green Bay offense is wide open at running back room outside of Dylan and Aaron Jones. Um, And then maybe one more worth mentioning Trey Palmer as already supposedly running as the third wide receiver in Tampa. And I know that there's some questions about what Tampa is going to look like, but that could be a situation where, um, you know, they could fall out and they could be very bad and they could be trading Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at some point doing a full blown reset. And
0: we could see Trey Palmer get some serious volume. I love it. I love it. Thank you guys both so much for all the analysis. Jeff, we promised 40 plus rookies tonight. We delivered into the 50s, I believe. So hats off to you. Hats off to Bo tonight for coming to play. Thanks to Kyle, all the IBT family, blowing up the comments as usual in here. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we'll probably throw this out on the website as an article as well, so we can give a, I'll give a little more in-depth analysis on how this all shaked out. Uh, Jeff, tell us one more time, man, how we can best support you uh, as the 2023 NFL season rolls around here.
2: Well, you, you can find me on Twitter, but make sure if you're on Twitter that you're following Bo and Seth. Uh, get out there. They, they got to bump their numbers up a little bit. Those guys are great and they're bringing you great content all the time. And thank you so much for having me on, guys. Um, football guys as well. You, you know it. You love it. Football guys. And I'm all over there. And then the Debbie Royale, join our Patreon $3 a month. It's uh, less than a cup of coffee. And you can join the Discord, hang out, get our guides. We do a, we did a college football preview guide. So you can have that. And, and I think that we. Provide more than your value. That's what we aim to do at, over at the Debbie Royale.
1: Longtime patron of the Debbie Royale, man. It's both. worth every penny. Worth every penny.
0: We love it. Jeff, thank you so much, man. Uh, thanks for all the kind words tonight as well. It's greatly appreciated, man. Uh, your grind, your hustle is, is not unnoticed as well. You're a titan in this industry, and I'm proud to have seen the come up, man. Bo, thank you again for pulling double duty here at IBT Media tonight. I know you've had Matt, a busy you one. Dude. i appreciate you guys we'll be back here next tuesday uh, on the in between fantasy football podcast until then enjoy memorial day weekend remember why we celebrate thank you to all those who served and all the military families out there as well we greatly appreciate you guys Um, until then keep it in between